Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. So good morning. It's good to have you here today. Uh, I'm John, one of the pastors here. And today we're talking about faithfulness, especially the faithfulness of our God. You know, uh, do you have a friend that you can bank on? (laughs) One of those, you know, faithful friends, when they tell you something, it's like gold, right? That, That is a great friend to have when you have one of those faithful friends and you can rely on them at all times. And if they, uh, they promise that they're going to do something, you, you don't have to doubt it. It's going to be done. That is so good. It's so good to have faithful friends and relationships. But even, even the most faithful of great friends are going to fail you. They're imperfect. Yeah, they struggle with sin just like you. But there is one who will never fail you. You know who he is. He is our God. He is the Lord God. When everything else fails around you, he will never fail you or me. And uh, before we return to our, our sermon series on Romans, and we promise to do so next week, we want to teach uh, today on the faithfulness of God our God who keeps his promises. And I could not think of a better passage to to share with you today from Lamentations chapter 3. And it begins this way. Remember, this is God's holy word. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The context of this passage is the prophet Jeremiah is teaching in Lamentations. And he has been pleading with the nation for 40 years. Imagine that, 40 years of preaching ministry, and he's, he's been ignored. In fact, he was treated like he was, I mean, like a murderer, literally, by, by the people of Israel. For 40 years, he preached, repent, because repent of your idols, your turning to other gods and turn back to the Lord God and he is faithful and he will receive you and forgive you, but they would not repent. And so God sent judgment in the form of Nebuchadnezzar, 586 BC in history. He was a world power leader and he came and he destroyed Jerusalem, the great temple where the presence of God was. And he came and many of the people of Israel were killed, southern Israel and or they were (laughs) enslaved. They were moved out into exile into the land of Babylon. And so uh, imagine uh, how he must feel. 
You see, uh, Jeremiah is like a representative for the people of Israel here as he writes lamentations, a, a lament, as we, uh, Pastor Tim shared with us last week from Psalm 13. And, and here in this lament, he goes on to um, say things like in chapter 3, I'm like a starving man ready to die as he represented his people. He said he's like a man chained and locked inside a stone prison from which there is no escape. Verses, chapter three, verses seven through nine. And then he comes as he's struggling. I mean, it's an extremely hard moment for him. And he himself, though, turns to the hope that he finds in his God and in his God alone. And we see this today from our passage, that our hope is in an unchanging God, even though our circumstances continually change. And, and the first thing that we're going to see from this, from this passage in Lamentations 3 and verses 21 through 24 is this, is that we need to remind ourselves of who God is Look at, look at verse 21 again. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Verse 24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. Notice, he calls to mind or he reminds his soul. Now is it his mind or his soul he's reminding? What's the answer, class? And the answer is yes, both. Because he's calling to mind the, his whole person. In fact, it's interesting if you do a word study on the word mind, verse 21, it can be translated heart, soul, or spirit. What he's saying is I'm calling from the depth of who I am. I myself, as a representative of God's people, need hope. And so I'm calling to mind, I'm remembering, I'm thinking, I'm I'm asking God to work in my heart and my soul and my spirit to teach me, even though my circumstances almost couldn't be worse. <laughs> I have hope because I have a faithful God. You see here twice he says in 21, and therefore I have hope in who God is. Verse 24, he says the same thing, he repeats it. And therefore I have hope in him, in him alone. You see, um, <clears throat> here he does, Jeremiah does a mini theology lesson. May some of you, well, what does that look like? Well, here's what he does. He's in a hard set of circumstances. He's probably feeling all these things he described earlier in chapter three. Trapped, hurting, maybe even depressed, what does he do? He intentionally focuses and thinks about who his God is. He calls to mind, is the wording he uses, Jeremiah calls to mind who God is, and God gives him these new lenses. It's a way of saying he had a new perspective at that moment because he was interpreting now his circumstances in light of who his God was. 
And so even in the worst of circumstances, he could say this, I have hope. And by the way, you believers, in the hardest of moments, you can have hope. As you look to God, as you remember and remind yourself who he is. So how do we do that? How do we call to mind who God is? We, we, of course, we, we read his word. It, every part of scripture points us to God and his faithfulness. Think about it. God, who he is, he is the one who stopped the sun in Joshua's day. He parted the Red Sea. He did miracles on behalf of his people And he was the constant in their life. And by the way, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That same God is our God, right? We take confidence in him. That he is, though everything around us can be swirling out of order and feeling like it's in disarray, he remains the same. We're tethered to the confidence that we have in Almighty, great God. Our hope is in unchanging God and not our changing circumstances. We remind ourselves of His promises He makes to us through His Word that become, as we remind ourselves, they become fresh and new. You know, we all know many of these like He says in Hebrews 13, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says in Psalm 147, I'm near and close to the brokenhearted. He says in in Isaiah 41 through 43, over and over again, I'm going to carry you through the fires. I'm going to take you through the hardest moments. I'm going to actually even bring you onto wings of eagles. I'm going to help you. Though your circumstances may look the worst, I am God. Will you look to me? You don't have to have a lot of faith. You just have to have a humble, childlike faith that says, I'm looking to remember who you are, Lord. See if you do that today. It's going to give you a biblical hope. You're going to be renewed You're going to become hopeful, not because your circumstances change, but because you are tethered to this unchanging God. So, uh, you know, you say, well, that's well and good. (laughs) John, how do you deal with this? Well, believe me, I, I wake up a lot in the middle of the night. Sometimes my family thinks I'm a monk. 3 a.m. is probably a pretty regular time that I do wake up. And sometimes they're just thoughts. I will say sometimes they are worries. (laughs) But whatever they are, they're often when I wake up, they're not on God. They're about something of my circumstances. And I'm thinking about it. And I'm sort of overwhelmed sometimes by it, or I'm the least restless because of it. And I have one of two choices. I can either stay in my bed and be fidgety all night, rolling and wrestling and up and just thinking and keeping Lizanne up and get out of the bed, honey. (laughs) Or I can get out of the bed and I usually go downstairs 
open the word. And I first of all say, Lord, this is what's on my mind. Here's what I repent of. And it's whatever I've been thinking of. God, I give it to you. You're God. I'm not. I don't understand it all. I can't figure it all out. Help me to trust you here in the middle of the night while I'm all alone with you. And, Lord, I remember these passages like Lamentations 3. (laughs) This beautiful passage of who God is. I remind my mind and my soul of who God is. And I can tell you over and over again, God changes, changes me. He's never, ever failed to give me, to bring me to that place where I can actually even go to sleep and be peaceful. As I, it, sometimes it takes some hours of struggle because it's me, it's not him. But I, I finally say, God, I am going to trust you. You are this God. You are faithful. No matter what happens in my life, I can have confidence in you. That's Christian hope that we all need. We have to remind ourselves who God is, but secondly, we need to remind ourselves every every day that we can rely on him, on God. And again, why? Well, it's because he never changes. But we have to do this constantly, consistently, regularly. Verse 22 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Here we see three of God's unchanging character qualities. His steadfast love, his mercies, and his faithfulness. The steadfast love of the Lord. Last week, Tim shared about Psalm 13.5, a lament psalm. He's talked about the covenant steadfast love it's the word chesed, the Hebrew word. It's, it's the covenant promises of God that he never fails to keep his promises to his people. And guess what? You know what a covenant is? Something, you know, well, what's a covenant? Well, a covenant is simply a, a promise made between two parties. And guess what? If you're one of the parties and God is the other party, guess who's going to always keep his promises? Even when you might slip up. He's never failed to keep his promises to you or me or anyone who's ever trusted him. He's a faithful covenant-keeping God. Remember who God is. He's unchanging in all of its ways, even though we change and our circumstances change. But secondly, remember, remind ourselves, again, our daily of who he is. Here, we are, again, these three, the steadfast love of the Lord. The hesed loves the first character quality. His second quality is his mercies. It's his compassions. It's like Luke 15, parable of the prodigal. Hey, gang, did the prodigal deserve to be accepted? Remember the story? 
he shamefully took for, asked for his father all of his inheritance before his father died. His father graciously gave it to him. He went off, blew it all. He came back impoverished. Where is his father? He's on the porch looking for his son's return. We know the scripture says that. That means he had been looking for years daily on the porch. I'm looking for my son to return. I'm waiting for him. His mercies, his compassions never fail for you and me. And thirdly, it says, great is your faithfulness. That word faithfulness is describing a loyal, dependable person or commitment. Of course, we know that our God will never fail to keep his promises. He'll never fail you. He's completely dependable. So Jeremiah tells us that God's covenant love, mercy, and faithfulness should be new every morning. But we want to kind of like set it up with an, like an auto payment, right? Have you, you had any auto payments set up? Or do, do anyone have any smart lights that turn on automatically, off and on? And you don't have to do anything. You just set it up and it does it. But listen, this is not the way you'll find hope. You'd like to set your faith relationship with God like an auto payment. I did it. I've set it up. It's done. But it says here that these three qualities come together and they are new every morning. Verse 23. So how are you coming every morning, every day, to remind yourself of who God is? Are you doing that? Again, this is not a, a legalism. I, I, we do this by coming to the read the Bible, meditate on his word, pray, seek his face. I, I personally have a five-day-a-week reading plan. Of course, the other days I'm thinking about his promises. I'm thinking about God. I'm praying, for, of course and throughout the day. But listen, here's, here's the question I have for every one of you. Are you reading his word regularly? You can't, you can't be comforted by God. You won't have biblical hope if you think you can have an auto-payment faith. You can't just set it up and it just all happens without me coming daily and saying, Lord, Here's where I find my hope. I look to you. I put my faith and trust in you over and over again. It's not about our work. It's not about our effort. It's simply reminding ourselves because we have such leaky heads, leaky faiths. And so it's good for us together to remember regularly, daily, again, just briefly, Lord Jesus, and when the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. We have a prayer conference September 10th, or excuse me, September, it's February 10th. I hope you come. It's going to be amazing. Larry and Pam Smith, 
great teachers. You're going to grow in your prayer life. I can't wait to grow myself. Come join us. But listen, as we come together and we, we come as a church family and we remind ourselves regularly on who he is, uh, we come and we come to, we come to say, Lord, When, we, when you said to us, give us today our semi-annual bread. Give us today our, you know, whatever, our monthly, weekly bread. Did he say that? What did he say? Daily. Why did he say it? Why? You know why. You need, we need it every day. It's not for his good. It's for yours. It's not because he's trying to make you work harder. It's because you, you and I so desperately need daily bread. I mean, it's the example back in the Old Testament. It started there with the manna, the daily gathering of the manna. We can't just hoard it. We can't just put it on auto payment. We need to together Come to the Lord and, and cry out to him. We're your sons and daughters. We're, we're not earning, deserving anything. We're just, just crying out to know you, Lord, and who you are. We're in, I'm in a hard situation. Teach me from your word. Please, Lord, teach me to pray. All those things. These means of grace. The way we can access and know and remember who God is in a every morning way. So, so just as we seek God in a new every morning way, we will grow and increasingly be blessed with confidence in who he is. And as a church family, I wanna bring to memory how faithful our unfailing God has been to us. He's marvelously fulfilled the mission of our three loves. It, they are loving God, Loving each other and loving our community. Loving God. It is so beautiful for our pastors, elders, to see the growing hunger in our church for the word. I mean, this isn't the flashiest church, I don't think. You come because of all our bells and whistles, don't you? No, I mean, people come because I think, honestly, they want to know the word. They want to know God. They don't want like this razzmatazz stuff. They want, to know, they want to know the living God. And it's beautiful to see the hunger that you all have for God and his word. That's loving God, loving each other. And, and to see this, this growing sense of old, older and younger people engaging in loving friendships and growing together as disciples. Yesterday, it was just, I can't tell you how impactful that, that uh, Memorial Day memorial service for Aidan Curcio was. He was 18 years old and died of cancer, if you didn't know it. Young man in our church, grew up in our church. Um, Les Miller is, told me he's been, he came up and shared on the platform because Les and Aidan years ago struck up a relationship. Les next week is going to be 80 80 with 18.
I'm sure uh, Les knows all the great music and the new films. And <laughs> No, I mean, it's, this is how community should be, church. If you're young, open yourself to old. If you're older, open yourself to the younger. Are you saying, how can I pour in to another and be poured into? Are you saying that in your life? That's loving each other. And then loving the community. We get to serve and build relationships in our community and world. How good is that? And that's, we see that growing and we've seen that from the beginning of when we were called Big Creek as we started as a church and then have been in five facilities over the course of like 22 years or so. Since that library and perimeter and that clubhouse and three chimneys, it's been a great journey. In 2024, may we recall his faithfulness in our lives and to our church family and you know what? <clears throat> if, if I were to share today how many celebrations we have for what God has done, we could be here for another two hours plus. Do you want to do that? Yeah. I won't go there. But just take, take my word. I mean, there's one celebration after another not because people are doing great things, but because we have a great God. One after another. We could recount and name the beautiful work of what our God has done. God has been so faithful. He's been so good to the Vine Community Church. He never changes, though our circumstances often do. So, uh, in 2019, I went on a uh, sabbatical because every five years our elders um, encourage the pastors to take a few weeks of rest and recovery and reflection. It's, it's, an, it's really a good practice. Thank you, elders. And um, so I was doing it in my project on this sabbatical because I was 59 and I'm thinking, my next sabbatical, can you do the math? About 64, 65. What's it? So I was thinking about, okay, well, that's generally about retirement age. And, and I, I was thinking about, okay, so what's a, what's a tra good, healthy transition plan? I need to be thinking about this, a planet as best we, I can. So I met with Randy Pope from Perimeter Church. Super helpful. Thank you, Randy, for all that you um, just have imparted to me through the years. And, um, and uh, he has transitioned from his church as the lead pastor. And then I met with uh, about three other guys who are more our size church and super helpful on application for, for our, you know, our congregation. So I wrote up this transition plan. I came back from my sabbatical. For, guy I'm thinking about is the Reverend Timothy Barton Jr. Because for like 12 years today, he's been, he and Carrie Ann and their family have been here at the Vine. And I'm thinking, yeah, I think 
You know, one thing I know about Tim, he's a faithful, faithful man. And uh, <clears throat> he loves the word. He loves his God, the Lord God. And he wants to glorify God and not himself. It's so true. You would be. And so I came back to Tim. I said, Tim, would you be willing to be the next lead pastor at the Vine? This is 2019. And he said, John, I, I'll be prayerful about it. Yeah, but Carrie and I will pray about it. But, you know, he was prayerfully open. Well, fast forward, dates blur a little bit <laughs> for me, but about a couple of years later, I came back to him, and he and Carrie Ann were now, yeah, they were more of a sense of, yes, if the elders will um, embrace this, and of course it's ultimately a congregation that needs to vote on this. If that's the will of the Lord, well, yeah, we're ready. So we went to uh, Mark Pugh, and Tim, Mark, and I have been like the three amigos. And uh, by the way, Mark and Tim, you know, I told you a faithful friend you can bank on, always be there, will always fulfill their word. Those two are two of those guys in my life. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and... Uh, so, uh, Mark has helped us with thinking specifics and details. He said, yeah, let's bring that to the elders. So Mark and I brought it to the elders when Tim wasn't there. The elders then said, well, Mark and John, you can be dismissed. And they met with Tim for about four months. And they went through a thorough question, answer, you know, fully vetting each other. Is this God's will? Praying, seeking God's will. And at the end of the time, the session, again, the session doesn't make the final decision. The congregation does in our church body system. But they said unanimously, we believe that Reverend Timothy Barton Jr. should be our next lead pastor. And so the elders said to Tim and I, they go, we don't know what time this should happen. You guys go figure it out and bring it back to us, which, again, I so appreciate. And so I, we, uh, we went and we said, Tim and I agreed, we're going to take about a, a month for he and I and our wives to, with us <laughs> to pray, pray, Lord, what are you saying and doing here? What's the timing of this? So we did that, and at the end of... Uh, that month of prayer and seeking God, we came together and it was a little awkward for a moment. He's like, okay, Tim, what's your date? And uh, it just so happens his date was a year after mine. By the way, that's, if you don't know that, that's, that was good news for me. And so we continued to pray and we kind of ended up splitting about the difference. We thought that was where the Lord was leading us. So we believe our plan is, and of course it has to be affirmed through the congregational vote, through the presbytery. I'm going to tell you a few of those details. But we believe wholeheartedly the session and me 
that Timothy Barton Jr. will be our next lead pastor at the Vine Community Church. And we're planning on that in July of 2024. So I tell you this today because in our Presbyterian Church in America, there's several things we've got to go through here to do this. It's, we have a, what's called a book of church order. And so please forgive me if you, you don't love the details, but if you love the details, you're going to love this part. Okay. So we plan on the session being the pulpit committee. Then we will have a congregational meeting to elect the session as pul pulpit committee on Sunday, February 11th. By the way, duly noted, you are now been given that notice. And we'll do that next week. We'll remind you, we'll send certainly communications out. We will have a congregational meeting to elect uh, Reverend Timothy Barton Jr. as our next lead pastor on Sunday, March 3rd. And we're going to make this known because then we have to, after that's done, and, and God willing, he will be elected. That's our plan. We will make this known to our presbytery. And the presbytery is a body of our pastors and elders that represent the churches and we come together in a regional gathering. Ours is in Atlanta. It's called Metro Atlanta Presbytery. And they are just checking on, is everything good? <laughs> you know, sort of no funny business. And by the way, everything has been done. And I believe, you know, according to scripture and our book of church order in, in decently and in order. And so God willing, after that's approved, then um, Tim will be installed on Sunday, July 7th as our next lead pastor. I will take a three-month paid sabbatical, July through September 2024. And I'll come back with the title here, Pastor Emeritus, which means, if you don't know what it means, it means with honor. Thank you. <laughs> Old guy with honor. <laughs> 20 hours a week, I'll be working, I'll be paid for that. Thank you. My, my job description will be, I'm, so, I'm excited, what's called What's Next. I'll be working together with my bride, Lizanne, who for 38 years has been supporting, we've been married, by the way, we got, I was ordained two days before I was, we, were, I was, we were married. And so for 38 years, she has been by my side on everything and has been uh, the backbone of really uh, my, of my uh, work and my uh, pastoral career, so to speak. Thank you, Lizanne. And we're going to be working on what's, a thing called What's Next. We're really excited about it. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> and it's going to be for like for 50-plusers but it's for actually for everyone is how do you begin to think about not retiring and just going to the beach or going, finding your life of ease, you know, or a never ending vacation, but like, but how do you live in purpose for the glory of God, finding your second calling and live for the glory of God, whether you're working in, in a paid way or not? 
how do you dive into also engaging and pouring into the next generation and all that's going to be a part of what's next. It's going to be really great. I, I can't wait to unfold that. Then I'll be also still over prayer and then uh, I'll preach next ministry year about five to six times or so. And so I'd like to invite Tim to come forward and just share his backstory about how he and Carrie Ann were led to the vine about 12 years ago, brother. Bless you, man. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Pastor with honor. <laughs> um, there's no better title. Um, and I say that when I look at John and Lizanne, um, you know, they're both going to tell you, and I agree, that God deserves all the honor and praise. And God is the one that is faithful, and God is the one that has strengthened them to be faithful. The, the highs and the lows um, that they have faced in, are we at 22 years now um, in this church? And, and before here, right, in ministry, um, they have faithfully walked day by day, and turn to, one, turn to the Lord together. And so I can't think of a better title than Pastor um, with Honor and Lizanne, who holds it together for him. Um, <laughs> so thank you. Um, you know, this is, this is a day that there's a ton of joy in my heart um, because we love you. Um, there's a ton of joy in my heart because this isn't normal in many churches. And I say mine and ours, and Carrie Ann and I. And there's joy in our heart because we believe that God has been faithful to lead us to this. But I also want to say, um, you know, <laughs> there's an aspect to where we're sad too. Uh, my kids, you know, my kids have known about this for a couple years. I'm surprised they hadn't told everybody. Um, <laughs> they've done well. <laughs> but last night we sat down um, after processing and just um, talking about things from the memorial service. And we sat down and we talked about, we, we also talked about the, the transition in this announcement today. And my kids looked at me and were like, um, wait, hold on. Hold on, so Pastor John's been our only pastor. This kind of makes me sad. Right? Our own kids who are excited, who look to this, you've been their pastor. You still will be. Um, and that is beautiful. And I'm so thankful for that. Now, what I was asked to say <laughs> is share... Um, about God's faithfulness of how we got here. Um, I, we would not have written it this way. Carrie Ann, would we have written it this way? <laughs> you know, years ago, um, almost 16 years ago, um, we sensed God calling us to Utah. Um, we, and so with, um, at 26 and 25 years old, we moved to Utah with a um, one-year-old, and another one on the way, we moved to Utah. 
And I won't, I'll spare you all, there's even craziness in God's faithfulness to do that and how we got there. Um, we went there with the plan to plant a church. And so we worked in another church for a couple years. And when it came time for that, um, that church wasn't ready. And so we went, um, Lord, that's not what our plan was. Our plan was to be here forever. Um, that's why we came. Um, but there was a couple that had retired, had been come out of retirement and moved to St. George, Utah. Some of you know where that is in the bottom corner of Utah. It's 97% LDS. And we, we went there to help them um, in just kind of as they got started, building relationships and things. And I loved it because what I got to do was go around and talk to people about Jesus and go around and ask people questions about their lives. And we'd, I'd go to Starbucks a lot because in Utah, in St. George, Utah, the only people you found in Starbucks were people who were not real happy with the Mormon church at the time. And so we would just go around and talk to people. And it was a wonderful time. Um, it, was, it was really encouraging for me. But in that time, we were still looking for, Lord, where do you want us to be? And someone connected me uh, with a guy named John Adams. And so I think we were in around um, July or August um, of, of that year, 2011. Um, we had a phone call. I still remember the park I was walking around. I actually remember one particularly lady looking at me like I was crazy as I'm on the phone. Um, and like, what are they talking about? But I, um, we talked for two hours. And in that two hours, John's asking me questions about my heart and ministry. And I'm asking John questions. By this time, I've learned you need to interview both ways. Um, and we got done. We got to the end of that conversation. And I was pretty excited. And I think John was pretty excited. Um, and, and then John said, but we, we need to talk to Mark. And I said, yeah, we probably need to bring Carrie Ann in on this. Um, and so we had a phone call with John and Mark and Carrie Ann and I. Um, we go through this phone call, um, you know, asking questions and real excited. We get to the end of that phone call. And those of you who have been here a while and who know um, Pastor Mark, who was uh, his outreach and operations, Pastor Mark goes, this all sounds great to bring you here, to let you be a part of a, a church planning apprentice. Um, but just by the way, we don't have any money. <laughs> I was like, um, Lord? <laughs> Huh. Um, the Lord worked out what I thought was a job um, with Emory Johns Creek as a patient advocate. Um, Emory Johns Creek Hospital as a patient advocate. We move across the country. Um, I go to finish the or to do the interview process, and they give the job to someone else. So now I've moved my family across the country. We've come to this church, and I don't know what in the world the Lord is doing. Um, the church scrounged up some money um, for me to be part-time to start with. Um, I went to work at P.F. Chang's. The Lord provided that through a, a man who was an elder here. Um, went to work at P.F. Chang's for about nine months. At the end of that nine months, um, I was told, hey, we can actually, there's a job in children's ministry as our children's pastor if you'd be willing to take that. And we can combine those things together and get you somewhere closer to a full-time job. And I was like... Well, I'd much rather do that than be at P.F. Chang's. <laughs> um, and so I did. So we did. And I'll tell you that, again, the Lord was faithful because the Lord used that time with children, with elementary kids, with preschool kids. And for a moment, it was humbling. And then it was amazing. Because what the Lord showed me in that is you need to share Jesus 
You need to point people to Jesus, whether they're two years old or 80 years old. Quit worrying about how all this works out. Love people well and point them to Jesus. And so embraced it and it was good. Um, John came back to me after a little while. I'm not going to try to do the dates because I get them all confused too. Between the two of us, you ought to be real confused if we start throwing out dates. Um, but John came back and said, hey, you know, you came here as a, you know, as a church planting apprentice. We have a, um, we're, we're looking at planting a church. Are you interested? And with some different circumstances going on in our family and things, I, I was like, John, I think I just need to stay and do what I'm doing right now. A little a couple years, a few years later, he came back to me and said, hey, we're looking at planting another church. Um, you know, if, if you wanted it, it's yours, but I'd really like to ask you to pray and consider staying here and being an associate pastor here. Um, I prayed about it and just and thought, yes, this, this is what we need to do. Um, this is where God is calling us. Again, this is not how I would have scripted it. God is faithful. So in this whole process, at different times, other churches would send me a message. Are you interested in, in interviewing as for a lead pastor role? Um, I would always go, I made a commitment, um, not because they asked me to, but because I just felt like it's what the Lord was leading me to do, that any time another church came to me and I would, was pursuing that, I would go and talk to John and to Mark, and I would tell them, and I would ask them to pray that with me. Because if the Lord was in it, I trusted the hearts of both of these guys. Um, their hearts are for the Lord and what he's doing. And so I would ask them, pray this with me. They never once in any of those situations said, you should do this or you should do this. But they prayed with me. And then one got real serious. Um, so much so that I took a Sunday off from the vine um, told the elders what was going on, and I went and I preached there. And we stayed there for a potluck afterwards, and it was a great experience. And I left there thinking I'm probably going to go there and be the pastor. And I'm thinking that's going to really be hard. Mm-hmm. Carrie Ann and I went away the next morning, um, and we just went to pray and to talk. And we got done with that time. And the whole time we're praying and talking. I'm thinking, I think we're going to go to this church. But we kept praying and, and we, we finally, as we got done, we looked at each other. And it was like, God's calling us to stay at the vine. At that moment, I still wasn't even. that moment, I said, Lord, I don't know exactly even now what that means, but we're open, and I'm so thankful for his faithfulness, because we love y'all. We love what God is doing here. And we look forward in, in great joy to seeing what he's going to keep doing. Isn't it a blessing um, that God has used John and Lizanne 
and looking around this church family um, to draw this group together. It is a deep blessing. And even as we look to what God is going to do, let's keep celebrating what he's done, celebrating his faithfulness. Amen, Amen, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, brother. So a lot to process here. If you're new, welcome to the vine. (laughs) It's going to be good. It's a good brother here. You want to be here. Um, I want to be here. We want to be here. So uh, Tim's Tim's just going to begin us with some prayer, and I'm just going to close in in a moment. Lord, we say thank you. Um, Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the testimony that is trustworthy and true, that your mercies are new every morning. And Lord, today, I want to pray for John and Lizanne. And I say thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you have done, Lord, both in using them here at the vine, but Lord, the way you've been faithful to grow them uh, year after year, day after day. Thank you for the way, Lord, they have selflessly poured their hearts and lives into so many others. Lord, there's so many things that you have called them to that no one else ever hears about. Because they're not lifting up their own name. They've lifted up the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would comfort them. Lord, that you would Lord, even strengthen them in joy, Lord, while also experiencing um, the sadness. And that you would bring them just, Lord, by your deep abiding presence. Lord, you would bring them confidence. Lord, that even in this season, and in this season to come, Lord, you're not done with them. You're going to use them mightily for the glory of your name and for the good of your people. Lord, be with this church. Lord, help us love John and Lizanne well. Help us love you well as we continue to look to you through this process. Lord, we say, continue to show us your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. For apart from you, we can do nothing. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes, Lord, and we do agree. As brothers, we stand in unity. And we pray for this church, as Tim just shared that, that we would abide in the vine and we would be like branches, like uh, clinging to you in faith and looking to you, the faithful God. And Lord, we thank you. Keep our church unified. It's not about our preferences, who you prefer preaching better or leadership more. It has zero to do with it except for, Lord, are you calling this? And we believe you are. So help us all to pray and ask the Lord to fill this church with your Holy Spirit and leading and unifying our church through this time of change and transition that we pray the enemy would be far away, 
Satan would be bound in Christ's name. And we pray for the power of Christ to battle against all of his and our enemies. And Lord, we pray for Tim and Carrie Ann, their family. You'd strengthen them. Thank you for all the ways you prep them, help them. And we also pray for them through this transition that you would bolster their faith. You would encourage them. You would give them just continual joy. And you would, this would be, we pray, my prayer is a seamless transition for the glory of God and the good of the Vine Community Church. So we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thankful for you, brother. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Vine CC. Have a great week.